Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to this second episode of this Lebanon series. And today I'm going to cover Cider, Tyr, Anjar and Baalbek. I think as a group, after three days in Beirut, we were ready to hop into our minibus and head down south to check out some areas. And also the next days go east towards the border near Syria. So first off, we had a nice breakfast and then we stopped off very quickly at Pigeon Rocks. And this is one of the things you see on Google when you put in Lebanon things to see or Beirut things to see and it is something you've got to go and see it's a bit like a classic cathedral cove in most of the places worldwide you see them it kind of reminded me of the one in New Zealand very very nice and this was a cracking day good weather and we popped off the minibus got some photos there and enjoyed the sea breeze and the views then we're off in our bus towards Tyr now the first stop is Cider our plan here was to go and see the souks also the fort and the soap museum. But there's a few things we're wary of. One is Ramadan. And as people may know, when traveling through Ramadan, things can be closed. Things don't open till late, if at all. And also it's going to be quite quiet. The problem here is for Westerners, it's trying to get a coffee or a bit of food during the day. That's the main issue there. And it's a Friday. Now, Friday prayers are a thing anyway. So Friday Ramadan, we're not expecting it to be busy. So we went to the fort. There were a few tourists there, and it's a quite nice fort, great views of the town from the coastal area, and also great views out of the coastal area along the beachside. Very nice. Great views up there. The waves are huge as they come crashing into the fort, and some great Instagram photos up there, well worth doing. And then we walked off into the souks. As first fear, very, very quiet. Now, when you hear souks, especially in the Middle East, you kind of think busyness, spices, people trying to sell your stuff, people everywhere. This was basically the opposite of that. There was a few things open, not many people, and definitely no food that we could really see. There was the odd person doing coffee. Uh, we didn't really struggle on that front. We did manage to get street coffee in most places, but yet these souks were pretty quiet. But we did find a guy who was selling street food in terms of snacks, lots of sweet treats, and the plethora of options was amazing. And we just had to go and try some very, very cheap talking 20 30 40 50 cents something like that 
a funny moment when Francisco took over the reins of trying to sell us some food. Quite funny with that. Great impression. I've got a video of that on Instagram somewhere. I can share that if you need to see that. But a very good impression of what people say on stalls like this. But we got in some like baklava type cakes and treats and smashed them in. Then we walked over to the soap factory. Now Lebanon is kind of where the soap industry started. If you want to get some proper proper soap i guess this is a place to go and get it and the soap museum was very interesting as we had a guy talk to us about the process about how they actually stopped making soap there in the 70s i think it's something to do with the civil war the soap looked fantastic and it is a place to buy it i think elder in the group was having a bit of a laugh at me because of all the things you could buy in soups there were a few things open like you could buy some spices and stuff i decided to buy some pick and mix sweets i just needed some Got some of them and some chocolate in. That was very much needed. And after lunch, we were heading to Tier. And a bit strange with Tier is when you go on the main road, it kind of runs out and it sort of goes into not so good roads. And there's a lot of checkpoints with military on the way down towards the south. Obviously, because it's borders Israel, you can't say Israel in the south. It's called Mexico. Just make that as a top tip if you go south. But you might have heard the news as we speak today. There were some rockets flying in and out. That is near Tier in the south, a main city where a lot of people are based. We finally got to Tier, parked up the minibus and went for an interesting tour around an archaeological site that is a UNESCO heritage site right in Tier and there's no one there. It's one of the biggest hippodromes that the Roman Empire had and one of the best preserved in the world. This place was huge. Our guide, Mahmoud, spoke to us in Spanish, me in English, because obviously I'm the odd one out in the group. And explained to us about this amazing site where this hippodrome is next to a viaduct. And you can see the old ruins of the old Roman town. The hippodrome is still with some seating there. And they even held gigs there like in, in modern history too. And it's just an unbelievable place to walk around because it's so well preserved. No one is there. It's cheap. And you have a guide. You can speak Spanish, English, Arabic, whatever you need. I just learned so much about this place. And we also met randomly some UN soldiers from South Korea who were tidying up inside the Hippodrome. And they had an event the day before, came back, tidying up, got a photo with them, had a bit of a chat. And it's just kind of cool to see them tied up after themselves. How cool is that? And I thought Tier had a really nice feel to it. Welcoming people, a fantastic, beautiful seaside town with colourful streets, an amazing waterfront where you can walk a bit like a corniche in Beirut but this time by the sea palm trees there all the people in their sports cars come down the front to speed up and it's kind of classic really but you can get yourself an ice cream go for a drink along the seafront with a view and we also had a bit of dinner down there too uh, nothing too big this time just a bit of Lebanese pizza and enjoyed the view the sunset was incredible got some great photos of that and it was just a bit of a glorious day really the Hippodrome Roman Ruins has a second site next to the seafront, so you go and see that too and check that out. And some great views going all the way south to Mexico. Unbelievable. So lovely way to end the day. And then we were planning to nip back to Seda for a possible music performance. That would be the end of the night there and then back to Beirut. So we left here, really nice sunset, great, great weather, vibe, beach town, loved it. Back in the minibus up to Seda. And the musical performance was not there. It was not open, not going ahead. Then we got embroiled in some weird sort of like kids hanging about the central area. Fireworks were going off. They had fireworks. I was particularly uncomfortable with that. 
three things I'm probably scared of are fireworks, especially in the hands of children, deep water, and not having any travels booked. So they're probably the three things I fear the most. So I felt a bit uncomfortable there, but we made our way out of town, back onto minibus, and back to Beirut quite late this time, back to a hotel. To summarise those two places, Saida would probably be busy with souks in normal times, not in Ramadan, probably not on a Friday. They'd be busy, lots of stuff going on there. Um, so great street food there, great fort, nice seaside town, tier even nicer, a bit more further south. Uh, we've got palm trees. It could really be a nice setting to spend a couple of nights there if you're looking to kind of have that chilled vibe. And there's some fantastic UNESCO Roman ruins there that you have to go and see. Really cheap and well-preserved. Unbelievable. The second part of this episode is Baalbek. And after breakfast, we actually checked out the Mayflower Hotel in Beirut because we're going to stay in Baalbek. And the first stop was in Anjar. Now, this is a very Armenian area quite close to the Syrian border and as you drive there you see lots of refugee camps for the Syrians that come over since the war quite big actually and quite I don't know what the word is really not maybe awful but quite sad maybe to see that they're just stuck there and the conditions aren't great either but we parked up the minibus and we're going to see the Umayyad city ruins which is another UNESCO site and another fantastic day there was one other tour group there with us there are a big spanish group there who literally spent probably 35 to 40 minutes in the same spot been told god knows what by their guide and in that time we walked around jao told us everything we need to know about the whole place he's very knowledgeable about that whole area and um, walked around got some photos and the best thing actually was the view with the snow-capped mountains in the background despite being quite warm and hot the roman ruins with that in the background, sensational. We also met a Syrian farmer, kind of with his cattle in the middle of that ruins. Pretty cool, pretty unusual. And we walked around. Brilliant. On our way to Baalbek, we stopped off at a place called the Pregnant Stone. And this is like a kind of a huge stone on a lever. It's not falling off. It's not falling anywhere, but it's kind of on a ledge. And I think they proclaim it's one of the biggest stones in the world. Let me tell you, it is not. It is nowhere near as big as someone like Ayers Rock. Um, but funny, they had to promote it that way. Got there, walked around it, and also bought a headscarf there from the guy who has been there for oh, about 40 years, I think. There's a guy there who was getting annoyed about how people were not looking after that area because it's such a cool little thing near Baalbek that he decided to move in there on his own accord and kind of preserve it. And it's been there ever since. He's got a little shop, so bought some headgear there for the desert, and I'm now wearing it in Jordan. The next activity is probably one of the most unusual, unexpected, but surprisingly interesting things I've done. We stopped off next at the Hezbollah Museum. Now, of course, you've probably heard of Hezbollah. They're an internationally recognised terrorist group, but I would implore you to maybe go to Lebanon to speak to the people and hear from them how they see that group, because I think it would surprise you. One thing that surprised me about that group is they were the only group during COVID who were organised, helping everyone out with hospitals, treatment, social distancing, etc. The government done nothing, the army done nothing. They were the main group helping everyone. Just a little caveat there to get you thinking about this group. But we turned up and the guy in the front of the whole gate is under a machine gun. We did actually ask for a photo. He kind of said he couldn't do that. No problem. And as you walk in, it's actually called the Islamic Resistance Support Organization. And you walk in and there's a couple of things to go and see. One thing you have to go and see in this place is the mosque. Absolutely 
incredible when you go in. Never seen a place that's been decorated so much. Women and men are separated. They go to different ways. And there's a bit in the middle, not quite sure on the information here. I've kind of forgotten a little bit. I think someone's supposed to be buried there. That's quite important. And you can touch like the tombstone from each side, women from one side, men from the other side. And obviously you pray in there and stuff like that. The next thing you do is you wander off to the museum. Now, there's an interesting museum. I see some interesting people in there. Hezbollah are heavily financed by the Iranians. So you're going to see some Iranians in there that have died. They're kind of shown as martyrs, really. And they've got little statues or little cutouts of them dotted around. And they also talk about the Israeli war that was there when they invaded. And they've got some weird mementos in there, like someone's uniform, stuff like that. It's a bit like the Vietnam Museum, how they just kind of talk about the Vietnam War, about America's aggression, stuff like that. It's kind of worded in that way and told to you in that way. There's lots of guns in there, there's tanks in there and stuff like that. Very, very interesting. I would employ you to go and have a look. Now, I don't think many people or tour groups go to Baalbek for that reason. So you're going to have to maybe try and ask if you can go there. So fair play to Jao because he's taken us to real authentic local places that I don't think many tour groups would take you. And it's just good to get a different perspective. And I think the people in the grounds were obviously all Shia Muslims were very surprised to see some tourists in there. And I think we got some you know nice looks like hellos and children were loving it, walking up to us and stuff like that. Quite a nice feel for us, I think. And there was no intimidation, nothing at all there. Enjoyed my time. Then we stopped off to have some great street food pizza in this like little corner shop if you like the most surprising thing was to seeing the guy next to us with a gun in his back pocket i'm not sure why he's got that no one else really had that so maybe he's targeted i'm not sure nice guy didn't do anything but sat there had some great pizza our accommodation in balbec was stunning it's the palmyra hotel and they are they were one of three hotels dotted around i think one's in egypt and another is in Syria, I believe. And this is the only one that's still standing at the minute. The view of the hotel room is Baalbek Ruins, which is absolutely incredible. I'll come to that in a second. But this hotel is very famous because it has some very famous people stay there over the years. And as you walk in, you can feel the history and you can see all the photos of people there. People like Miles Davis, Charles de Gaulle. Uh, there's loads more. I can't even name. Saw loads there. Felt the history. And this young guy who is now kind of in charge of the hotel is trying to kind of rebuild it a little bit, refurbish it and bring it back. And he made it a very valid point here that he doesn't want this to be a place of division of anything. This is a place of kind of unity. Anyone can come in there, have a drink, have a chat and kind of bring up ideas and work together. He wants that sort of space. And he showed us a little pub sort of area. And this is a place that's not been touched since probably the 70s. You can smell the smoke. You can see all the old alcohol behind the bar. You can just feel the history. It's absolutely incredible. You just have to think who has stayed there, who has drunk there. Unreal. And then next we're off to the Baalbek Ruins across the road. You're going to get hassled as you go in. Someone to buy something off them or something like that. Just ignore them. In you go. And we had this eccentric guide who spoke Portuguese because he lived in Brazil. He's a Lebanese person. Spoke no English, so I didn't really get anything out of that in terms of the chat but the Baalbek ruins are absolutely stunning and one of the best preserved ruins in the world the Acropolis is fully pretty much built you can go and walk around inside of it the columns are still there intact and they are huge I put a photo on my Instagram of me standing next to it 
and I can't really get all of it in the photo, and that's portrait as well. And that's pretty far away. So these things are huge, and you can walk around for hours in this place. It's absolutely stunning. I don't think words really do it justice, but walk around, get in there, get to the Acropolis, get your Instagram photos, get a guide if you want to hear about the history of it. And it really is a place you have to spend some time in. I was pretty starstruck, actually. What the most amazing thing about this is these sort of places, probably in Europe and anywhere else, are probably cordoned off, um, like Greece, for example, and Acropolis. You can't go in the Acropolis. You can walk around it. But this thing, almost just as big, and you can walk in it. You really have to go. And before they start to cut on to the fact that it's probably going to need to be preserved properly, I would go pretty ASAP so you can get in there and amongst it because I reckon in the next five, ten years they're probably going to, I won't say cordon off, but really get strict on that because it's just unbelievable the way it just stands there. On this day, one thing that did catch me out actually was the sun. Didn't have a hat. I don't think I put any sun cream on either. And I felt a little bit of a heat stroke actually. So in the evening, I did not want to eat any food. I didn't want to go to bed. So I chilled out in the nice hotel because it's nice and cool and stayed there all night and had a nap and didn't go to dinner. So my lesson there is take a hat, sun cream, and just make sure you're prepared. Next day, I was prepared. So that is the end of Baalbek, Saida, Tyr, and also Anjar. A real interesting couple of days. Learned a lot, saw a lot, and it kind of flew by, really. You all have to go to those places in Lebanon because they all each have their own specific thing that they're known for. And Baalbek Ruins is just absolutely stunning. You have to go there and go and stay at Palmyra Hotel. Great guy there who runs it. Thanks for tuning in. The last episode of this series will be Tripoli and my last day in Beirut. And then that will conclude Lebanon. And then after that will be a cheeky one about Cyprus. Not too much to report there. I'm now currently in Jordan on a road trip. So thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next time. Thank you.